Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert? I'm doing just great. Thanks for having me on again, Ali. Of course, and I'm back on the West Coast, flew back last night from Jersey, so loving the no humidity, no mosquitoes, and all <laughs> 75 and sunny right now, just how I like it, so... But now that we do bring up the West Coast, we do have a big game out here tonight, you know, not in L.A., but up in the Bay Area. Everyone knows we have the Warriors and the Celtics set to tip off tonight, game one of the NBA finals. So instead of rehashing what happened in the conference finals, we know that Boston did beat Miami. I know there was a few bad beats for betters that were backing Miami with that three-point call that wasn't a three-pointer. Did he step, did Max Drew step up out of the line? But we don't have to talk about that because I know everyone wants to hear about the finals. So, Robert, I'm going to give it to you first. Who has the edge? Who do you like to win and why? Well, if we take a look at how this entire series broke itself out, uh, you're going to find some variables, you know, depending on what shop you you visit. But for the better part, after all is said and done and we realize who the participants were going to be in the NBA championship, the Warriors opened up as favorites to win the title, uh, opened up as low as minus 140 to win 100. Uh, it's all the way back up to 155 with uh, very little pushback. Uh, and so it's, you know, for, for us in particular, as we're so close to the Bay Area, uh, it's going to be few and far between that I find any Celtics wagers. Uh, but that being said, uh, if we remember a few episodes ago, I told you that there was a couple of tickets that I had written on the Celtics to win the NBA title way back in January at a hundred to one. Wow. So that listeners listening in today, um, we kind of talked about hedges and uh, yeah. whether or not you had the right side or not, but you know, here, here we are. And, you know, I'd love to go ahead and take a look at each team's uh, strengths and weaknesses with you, Allie, and, uh, and kind of come up with an idea for how we can look at this series from a betting perspective. Uh, hearts not attached to it whatsoever. <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah. I have no, you know, I went to college up in Boston. I am a Boston Red Sox fan, but that's as much as Boston, you know, I'll give my fan base to everything else is New York, New Jersey for me, but yeah. So if you're going to look at the strength, I've been saying it about both of these teams, this entire postseason, they love to shoot from the three. They just, I mean, we all know that's been the Warriors game since the Splash Brothers came out, Curry, Thompson. Now you have Jordan Poole throwing up threes. Andrew Wiggins is good for them. But we've seen in the Boston Heat series, and then back even in the Bucks, you and I talked about, man, this team just likes to throw up threes. And if you look, based on this postseason, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they rank, they rank two and four respectively with the amount of threes made per game. Jason Tatum's right behind there at number six. So I think this is going to be a battle of the three-point line. And when I look at who's going to win the battle of the three, I want to take who I think is the most consistent team that can make the threes, and that's Golden State. I mean, Curry, he's just known for taking his threes and making his threes. So for me, I think we're just going to see a lot of, you know, just shots right up at the basket. And what it's going to come down to is who's hot and who's cold. Because if you have a team that is going to be cold from the three, you know, they're not going to change their game plan. We've seen it the entire postseason, all these teams, you know, just throwing up bricks and they're going to keep shooting up bricks, whether they land or not. 
But, you know, going back to my original point that I was just making about threes, I think that when you look at the transition game, the Warriors possess the edge in the transition game as well. And I think that if the Celtics do get cold from the three, the Warriors are just going to capitalize off of that. So, you know, going into the postseason, I predicted the Warriors were going to go to the finals on the Western Conference. I predicted they'd win it all. So I'm staying with my pick. What about you, Robert? No, I'm not going <laughs> to find myself veering away at this point. I, I called this one weeks and weeks and weeks ago. But if we just take a look and see exactly how and why, you know, I'm glad that I'm, uh, I've been right in their analysis. And, you know, what I've been seeing throughout the entire playoffs and, you know, weeks before the playoffs even began. I mean, I guess any analysis of a series involving the Celtics begins and ends with their defensive prowess, right? Right. You know, they've allowed just, you know, 106 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time minutes this postseason. And that's the second best defensive rating behind only the Bucks. who, by the way, they've only played, you know, 12 games, you know, so who knows how much better the Bucks could have been. That being said, the Celtics plus 7.4 net rating in non-garbage time is the best in these playoffs. 2.1 points ahead of the Warriors, who rank second. And right, we're talking about what is pretty much our game, you know, the three-point shot. The Celtics perimeter defense, it's been incredible. They've allowed the lowest frequency of wide-open three-point attempts this postseason, 14.6%. Uh, while limiting opponents to 32% on three-point shots overall. So what's great is that I really never know who's going to be the star of the night on any given night, and their switch-heavy style of defense is a big reason why I think they're going to limit the open looks from deep. That matchup, very, very good for the Celtics against yeah. the Warriors. Yeah, great points on that one. And I toyed back and forth when I wrote my column the other day about who I like. And you're right. The Celtics do have uh, an impeccable defense, you know, the, the, that got them through the box, that got them through the heat. And I think they do pose a threat to the Warriors. But I think one thing the Warriors have that you didn't see with the Bucks and you didn't see with the heat either is their depth. And they do have guys that can come off the bench like a Jordan Poole who can really put up the baskets, who can really make the difference. And can give the starters a, a break. You know, you could give Steph Curry a few minutes in the second quarter on the on the bench. Same with Klay Thompson. And you can go through stretches where, you know, Andrew Wiggins is your number one guy out there and Draymond Green on defense. So I think that the depth of the Warriors does pose a threat to Boston because, you know, we've seen the Heat were all banged up. Milwaukee never had a bench and he, they had less of a team with Chris Middleton out. But one thing I do want to bring up and we talked about it, I forget if it was last week or the week before, is the fatigue factor. Now, we just saw the Celtics come off of back-to-back -back grueling seven-game series. I mean, these were series where it was, you know, the zigzag effect. You know, one night the Bucks won, then the Celtics won, then the Bucks won. Same thing with the Heat series. Now, if you look at the Warriors, they really disposed of the Mavericks in five games. Could have been four, but they went five. Same thing with the Grizzlies only went to six round one. They only went through five with the nuggets. So I do think that has an effect on both teams, especially like a veteran team, like the warriors that may need that extra day rest. So for me tonight, I'm all over warriors minus three and a half 
for that reason alone. I think the Celtics still only having what three days in between games, they might not be all hundred percent yet. So at least for tonight, I'm all over the Warriors winning and covering, but as a series as a whole, I do think that the fatigue factor can come into play. And I think that the Celtics playing back-to-back seven game series might have really done them more harm than good. What do you think? Yeah. So here's, here's the thing to look at from the, from the top of the top of the barrel. Again, this uh, style series is two, three, and two. Uh, Don't think that, you know, it's, it's something that you're more used to, but you're getting two home games at the beginning and two at the end for the Warriors. So uh, that's, that's what we're looking at in in terms of, you know, travel time and and how it's going to be spread out. You're absolutely right, Allie, with rest, you know, you know, looking at the injuries and uh, who's coming in hobbled, who's coming in ready. Uh, News is coming out fresh that somehow with uh, just weeks ago, he absolutely shattered into oblivion elbow is Gary Payton Jr. Right. Uh, and it looks like he's probably going to be playing. He's, he's an incredible defensive presence. Uh, Porter may play. Iguodala may play. Uh, so you know, tons of depth for, for Golden State uh, as they've been ready for, for some time for Boston to come in and, and start the series against them. Uh, question on, you know, Marcus Smart. Uh, Robert Williams III, of course, is going to be, in my opinion, a, a massive, massive reason why, you know, they won the series against Miami. Uh, you know, he's questionable, but I fully expect him to play tonight, uh, you know, in, in Golden State. So, right, the point spread, three and a half tonight, uh, got up as high as four for a quick hot minute before we started to get buyback. And so right now the number is still locked in at Golden State Warriors three and a half. You know, Al, you know, it's a crazy thing. If you just look at how the Warriors really pretty much, you know, got their way here and against, against the Dallas Mavericks, they really enjoyed a very comfortable, super monster efficient pace right. where they were scoring, you know, a boatload of points on a very minimal amount of possession. So to me, I think that that's going to be a trend that they're going to want to continue to follow. Not so much a race up and down. That, that's really not much their style. Uh, but they found themselves really far more potent in half-court chess matches. Uh, chess matches, easy enough for me to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a look and see how that plays out here in game number one. I think that, that that's exactly what's going to happen. Their pace is going to be uh, significantly slower than some people would expect. Uh, And that's probably going to lead right into their strength. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, the Mavericks you saw in that series, they were just throwing up shot after shot and missing every single shot that it was just back and forth in a matter of seconds. But one thing I do want to point out between these two teams is, you know, we always look for that one-on-one factor. And one of the most interesting matchups I think I'm going to see besides watching Tatum go up against Curry and who can score the most points. But just from an entertaining perspective, let's step away from the betting. I mean, let's watch Marcus Smart try to flop and draw a foul on Draymond Green. Like, is that theater or what that we're going to do? <laughs> it's a great way to put it. I didn't think about that. You know we're going to see that. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and set it right now. Game one, over, under, total number of flops between the both of them. It has to be one and a half. Has to be. Oh, I'm taking the over for sure on that one. 
you know what it's like one thing i'll give marcus smart credit for he'll keep his cool you know if he gets teed up or if he gets a foul called against him for flopping draymond will run his mouth and he's definitely going to get a few technicals <laughs> his way but that that's theater to me so i i really can't wait to th- to see that but if there is a prop bet give me that prop, give me that over <laughs> It might be a little selfish because I just want to bet the over just because I want to see good theater. But yeah, I'm all over that. But, you know, to go away from that, um, let's talk about Clay Thompson because he's kind of been overlooked in the series. And we know he's coming back from his ACL injury. He last played before the season. We saw him go get down. I think it was it was a game four or game five against uh, the Raptors. I can't remember. But I, I do think him going down was a big reason why the Warriors did not beat the Raptors in the 2019 NBA Finals. I think with a healthy Thompson and a healthy Durant, that series would have been over very quickly. But I do think he can be an X factor in this series because we haven't really seen him be the explosive self he was before his injury. But we have seen flashes. And I do think that this could be the series where he goes in hungry. He knows he last got injured here, you know, in 2019 in this exact, you know, this exact not matchup against the Warriors, but this exact NBA finals. But I think he's the X factor. Am I wrong in that? No, no, not at all. I'm going to tell you right now, if he doesn't score 20 a game, each game in this, in this entire series, they're going to lose. Uh, you know, we, we know, we know what Curry's going to do. We, we know that the numbers he's going to put up, that's, that's a given, but in the 35 or so minutes that Clay Thompson plays, he has to score 20. Otherwise it's going to end up in a loss. Go ahead and, and, and mark that in the podcast bookmark right now. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that if he doesn't come up with at least 20 a game, if he scores less than 20, they're not going to win Allie. Yeah, no, I really believe he's the X factor in this. And that's one of the reasons that I am giving the Warriors the edge again, because I really do think this is going to be his, you know, come back, I'm back. This is my my house type of deal. And that's why in my five predictions blog that I wrote yesterday, I did predict him to be named the finals MVP, because I do think he's going to come out one of these games and just be unstoppable from the three point line almost like he just can't miss and he just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring. But another factor I do want to bring up, and you brought up the Celtics defense. How would you rate the Warriors defense, Robert? You know, they're they're Again, I, I think that it's predicated on how well they, they do their shifts uh, along the perimeter because they're going to have multiple targets that they're going to have to put their rectangle on. I think it's way too many guys that, uh, they're going to have to deal with as opposed to what they just had before, where it was, well, you know, stop Luca, you mm-hmm. stop Luca, you could win. Uh, and heck sometimes uh, <laughs> you, um, you you'll find it that there, there's going to be uh, a number of different players on the Celtics that, you know, could you know, simply gut you for 30, 35 on any given night. I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this series. We're not going to have one consistent leading score on the Celtics uh, yeah, throughout yeah. this entire series. So I think that, you know, honestly, their strengths, the Golden State Warriors' strengths is, is not so much in how they can, you know, find their way to stopping the Celtics because I, I think, honestly, the Celtics are going to get theirs. It's finding a way to continue to have the Celtics choke up the ball and turn it over. 
that's where I found the Celtics to be at, at their absolute weakest is, you know, ball control. So if, if there's a way we can get Gary Payton to come in there and, and at least cause, you know, two or three turnovers on his own, you know, that could make up the difference in, you know, what could be a, a two point game and a seven point game. Yeah, for sure. And when I look at the Celtics bench too, you know, you got Peyton Pritchard comes off of it. You got white, but I just, I'm just not as impressed with their bench as I am with the Warriors bench. Now I do think Boston does have good depth though. Don't get me wrong. I've been saying it all series, but I think the Warriors are far deeper. And when you look at their starting five as a whole, you know, I just think that the big three of Draymond, Steph, and Clay just over overmatches Tatum, Smart, and Brown. Because one thing about Smart and Brown, you just don't know what you're going to get with them every day. Marcus Smart's always going to bring his defense. He's always going to play well. But Jalen Brown is the other, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Is he going to go up like he did in game four and I mean, game seven against the heat and score 24, or is he going to shoot something like four for 18, 12 points, something like that. And going back to what I was saying earlier about clay Thompson being the X factor. I think clay just has more experience at this point of the game. I think he does know how to hone it down when he's not making the threes. So when I compare those two big threes, I'm giving the Warriors the edge. What about you? I, I'll, I'll give him the edge as well. You know, the, the Warriors clearly have a far more consistent attack from, from their three. And I, I honestly think, again, it, it's going to come down to how well can the Celtics, uh, you know, stop their turnovers. I mean, Tatum's, you know, good for four. Brown is good for three. Smart's good for two to three every single night. So if they are going to continue to turn that ball over, it's, it's going to lead to some real, real problems coming down on the other end. So ultimately, you know, I, I, I would probably say if we're looking at a, a three-pack to compare one against the other, I give the Warriors the slightest, slightest of edges. Uh, but, you know, there, therein lies, you know, what do we have, you know, in, in, in terms of the depth uh, both on the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball. I, I know we haven't really talked too much about their benches until this night. Uh, you know, but again, if we know that Tatum, Brown, and Smart are, are their keys to, you know, to scoring all the boatload of their points, well, who's there to pick up the slack on the other end? Well, it's going to be, of course, you know, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Al Horford. Uh, you know, these are the guys that are going to have to really find a way to do what they continue to do. And that's locked down the paint. Uh, And not only that, but, you know, continue to have their stars, you know, keep swishing around the perimeter and, you know, keeping those wide open three point attempts, you know, to a very, very minimal. Yeah. I think personally, and I made this prediction in my blog that there's going to be at least a game or two where you're going to see more three point attempts than two point field goals. Am I, am I crazy (laughs) thinking that? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, no, I, I really think it. I mean, you look at these two teams shoot half their half their shots or all three point attempts. And, you know, we can argue if that's good for the game or not. But you are going to see, you know, just nonstop threes. You're not going to see too much driving the basket. And that's why I think, like you said, the transition game is going to be very key to seeing what we have in this series. If the Celtics are missing their shots, the Warriors are going to capitalize on that. If the Warriors can make turnovers, 
then they're going to capitalize again. But let's go to one more thing before we make more predictions and talk about odds and whatever other props and whatever. But we talked a few episodes ago about home court advantage. Now, these are two teams that if I'm going to say really carry home court advantage, it's the Celtics at the TD Garden and it's the Warriors at the Chase Center. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and their record, I mean, if we just take a look at the Warriors record going back to 2015, it's absolutely impeccable. They, they just don't lose. They don't lose series at home. Uh, you know, and, and we could take a just look at Let's just go ahead and start off with Steph Curry and, and his career. Allie, he's 21 and four in playoff series. Wow. It's better than MJ, better than James, better than Kareem, Larry, Magic, better than all of them. Okay. And he has a career 107 and 58 record. That's 69 and a half percent in playoff games. And that's better than any MVP in NBA history. Any. So this is their six NBA finals in, in eight years. You know, and, and here's the crazy thing. If, if you take out Steph's games with a, I, I guess there's an, and the NBA 75, right? So if you take away uh, his, his games with an NBA 75 teammate like Kevin Durant, Steph's playoff win percentage is 48 and 26, wow. which is still better than Duncan, Bryant, Larry Bird's career rate with all of their NBA 75 teammates. So Without a doubt, if you're looking at strength at home, it begins and ends with the Warriors. So, I mean, I'll I'll say that just as a matter of fact, because it's black and white and it's and it's just clear that everyone needs to hear. Uh, and, and so keep that in mind, because, you know, as we take a look at it again from a betting perspective, uh, you know, in, in terms of wagering you know, favorites, they're finishing you know, at least in the, in the round previous, they finished eight and four straight up and against the spread in the championship finals round. And throughout the playoffs, they're leading 54 to 27 straight up. So yeah. that's basically the record. Uh, zigzags are completely in effect. Uh, seven and three against the spread uh, in this past round, and it's improved to 37 and 30 against the spread overall. So uh, home team for the Warriors absolutely, absolutely own that record. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking because I was pretty sure about it. Double check. The Warriors haven't lost a game at home this postseason. So it's just it's remarkable, like you said, that they're just so good at home. And I think the Celtics really got to win all three games when they have games, what, three, four and five. in Uh, Yep, exactly. Three, three, four and five is correct. Yep. I mean, if, if, if they drop one of those, that's it. I mean, you know, they're not going they're not winning game six and seven in um being from behind. I just think that if they lose at least one in Boston, it's the warrior series all over the place, which it comes to our predictions. And is why that I did pick warriors in six to win the title, because I do think that between games three, four, and five, the warriors are going to find a way to win one in Boston. I think they are going to win games one and two, and then it's going to be over by game six. What's your predictions? I'm going to go the exact opposite way, Ali. <laughs> oh, you, you know? think they're going to hoist the trophy in the Warriors' home court, huh? It's the only way. I, I don't think it's going to happen any other way unless they manage to steal one in the first two. Uh, I mean, they did exactly that in Miami. 
Uh, the Miami Heat didn't lose at all at home during the playoffs. What did they do? They, they Celtics went in and won on the road multiple times to win in game seven. So I feel that, yes, even though the Warriors absolutely, and I just as I said it just moments ago, absolutely own home court. Uh, I just believe that this series plays better into the Celtics style of defense than in anything else. And I think that's going to be the key factor in breaking down this series from my perspective. So I'm going to say Celtics in seven. All right. Well, we'll wager a beer on that when I finally come out to, to uh, Reno to visit <laughs> you guys. <Done. laughs> No, I, I love it. And I think that, it, you know what, this series can go either way. And it's just going to take that one game where it comes down to the wire and there's a turnover that that's costly or there's some spectacular, you know, last minute three that wins the game for one of the teams. That's going to be the deciding factor. But as we talk about now more pricing and series pricing, you know, you and I have talked strategy multiple times on this podcast, but for Celtics backers out there like yourself, what do you think, Robert, about, you know, they're, you're looking at what Celtics are about plus 130 now to win the, the championship? Oh, right. Yeah. Even even higher. Uh, it's uh, 135 now. Oh, so it did go up. Yeah, you said that earlier. So what about waiting to after game one or potentially even game two to make a, a wager on the series? What do you think? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So. If I mean honestly, if you if you really like the Celtics to win the series, you know m- many might think, well, then what are you waiting for? It's 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 pretty much the as best a price as you can get right now. However, uh, you know if the Warriors end up winning Game One, then you're going to probably get two to one on your money for the Celtics to win the series. Now, if they end up winning Game One. I'm um, sorry, if, if the Warriors win game one, right, and then lose in game two, your price will still be the same, albeit probably a little bit higher. So your best bet is to either um, wait right now, because if you like the Celtics to win the title, you'll, you know, in the Warriors win, you'll get two to one instead of plus 135, uh, as opposed to betting it now, which is, you know, as, as I said, plus 135. Now, if you bet them after a win, well, you're just going backwards. So honestly, if, and first off, who's actually going to say the Warriors are going to lose their first two games in this series? I, I say if you count a thousand heads, what, maybe one alley? Right? Yeah, I don't see one, that one happening. Bo- one guy from South Boston thinks that. <laughs> Sully, Sully in South Boston says it. <laughs> two nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I think if we if we just break the series down, the best time to bet the Celtics to win the title, uh, if, if you're betting it right now from a series perspective, is either now a plus one thirty five, or if you think that they're going to lose, uh, then go ahead and bet them in game number two at what's probably going to be a two to one break. Yeah, great strategy right there. And let's go to some of the player bets because let's talk. We all, everyone likes to also bet who's going to win the MVP for the NBA Finals. I'm going with the wild card. Like I said, I think Clay Thompson really comes out. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be hungry. He's going to have the series of his life. So he's my pick to win the MVP. What are the current odds now, Robert? And who do you like? Yeah, I think if you break down the odds on 
uh, MVP of this series, you, you're going to have to look at, well, you know, what do you think is most likely and what do you think is going to be, um, as far as, you know, to win the playoffs, you're probably going to find the winner of the MVP award on the team that wins the playoffs. Well, so honestly, you're going to have to go ahead and find yourself who's going to win the series. If you think it's the Warriors, I can't really complain uh, at all with Clay Thompson as a selection, but is he going to win it? At what price do you think uh, do you think you're going to get that's going to make it worth your while, right? So honestly, if you break down uh, the finals MVP pricing, I don't know if, uh, could you get 15 to one, maybe 20 to one on Clay Thompson? Probably. Uh, mm-hmm. That will probably be a, a good price. Look, you can't bet Steph Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry's even money, right? So that's, that's out. You, you, we want to find a price here. Tatum, you can't bet either. He's less than two to one, right? So then you got a, a pretty good gap. And then if you want to go ahead and just toss the favorites, look at this. It's like I'm talking horse racing again. Let's toss the favorites <laughs> and let's look at the rest of the field. So, I mean, you know, could Wiggins pop off for 28 to 35 a couple of nights? Dark horse. Yeah. Right? So you can get Wiggins at 35 to one. Marcus Smart might also, because again, if you're, if you're just looking for a price, Perhaps it's Marcus Smart that goes off and nails a couple of game winners. You can get him at 35 to one. I don't think that Draymond Green is going to be the MVP in any world. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jordan Poole is going to be the MVP yeah. in any world. So if I'm looking uh, you know, for, for a price outside of the favorites, I probably look at, well, look, uh, without a doubt, Clay Thompson, sure. Uh, and then you know, I'd probably look at Wiggins at 35 and Marcus Smart at 35 to one. Yeah. yeah, no, that, that's all good. I think what what was it? The one year Andre Iguodala even won the MVP. Sure. Yeah, he did. So you can get your dark horse in there. But like you said, I think Wiggins is a good option. Number two behind Clay Thompson, if you don't want to go, you know, tossing Curry aside. But for the Celtics, it's interesting because I, I mean, I don't think Jalen Brown is going to get it. I think he's just too wish-washy. He's not as consistent. Marcus Smart is a nice play, but am I crazy to think maybe Al Horford as a real dark horse? <laughs> no, I'm okay. just <laughs> Go ahead. Give me a price. Oh, um, Al Horford, he has to be what, 75 to 1? 1? 125. I was being generous. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I mean, we haven't seen him go off since that big game against the Bucks. So, there's no way, but I, I do like betting the finals MVP. I do have a strong play that I'm going to do on Clay Thompson because I just, I, I, I think the Warriors are going to win and I do like Thompson to win it. And, you know, like you said, even money, there's no point in betting Curry. Same thing with Tatum, even if you get two to one. So those are always fun bets, but let's talk a few more props before we move on to the NHL. What are some other bets you like coming up for the series, Robert? So knowing that, you know, we, we have a breakdown of this series looking at both teams and their propensity for three-pointers. You probably want to take a look at seeing which of these players would probably hoist up the most. Uh, and, and so you're probably looking for a couple of players that just might go over their predicted total of three-pointers made. And so when you look at splits, I mean, we know that, you know, Tatum, Brown, and Smart 
are going to be putting up as many as they possibly can to keep themselves in contention. So I honestly think that if we look at a player that's not completely in the, the spotlight all the time, uh, well, let's look at the one that doesn't take the most shots, and that would be Marcus Smart. So if you're looking at his total number of three-pointers made throughout the entire series, and then you take a look and see exactly how many he's able to hit, I mean, heck, just, just versus Golden State, he was hitting you know, close to 50% of his three-pointers made. So I probably would think that he'd be a player to go over his total of three and a half three-pointers made mm. in, in game number one. So I, I don't want to take a look at some of the players that are probably on the most obvious side of it, but he's one that, again, I think that is, he's going to be doing quite well, and I think he performs very, very well in, in these first two games in Golden State. So I probably look at uh, Marcus Smart to go over his total for sure. Oh, that's a good, that's a really good bet. Now I want to look at totals real quick because we just saw in the Miami series with the Celtics. I mean, it was just low total after low total. And I kept taking the under and it was benefiting me a lot. So what are we looking at for this series in terms of the total number to start with? And do you think it leans more over or under? No, I I think that this one definitely uh, leans to the over, but I think it's the, um, the, the ship is kind of sailed, right? So when we opened up the line for game number one, we opened it up quite, quite low, 210 and a half for game one. I would have jumped all over that. over. Exactly. Right. So that it didn't take long at all, uh, for it to go to two eleven and a half to 12 and a half. Uh, and then, uh, we just took a giant, giant gulp, went straight to two fourteen, and now it's settling at two thirteen and a half. So, I mean, you might look at that and still say, hey, wait a second, you know, we're talking about the Warriors here. You know, they're, they're averaging, you know, in the one teens. So, you know, why not? Uh, you know, I, and I would probably not really argue that point at all. You know, so I would probably say if you're looking to bet the totals, take a look at what uh, each team has done throughout the playoffs. How, you know, take a look at their home road splits. Uh, and maybe that's probably the angle you want to take a look at. Maybe instead of playing the game, uh, uh, the game total, play the team total where, you know, that if the Warriors are good for, you know, 115, 120, you know, then probably uh, go ahead and play them instead of the entire game. It's amazing what only a few points can do when you're betting a total, when you're betting your over-under. Because I would have been all over 210, but now at 214, 213 and a half, I don't know because – what we've seen too in this playoffs is as soon as there's teams to be a blowout, it stays a blowout that whole game. And, you know, they bring in the bench and whatnot. So what are you thinking for tonight? Are you taking the over or the under? Right. So if, and, and if I'm just taking a look at what I've booked so far to the moment, uh, I've got, uh, looks like two to one, just about two to one bets uh, on the over 213 and a half. Uh, versus going under. Uh, and, and for those looking for, you know, what about the side? Uh, I, I can't be more one-sided right now. Uh, I've got 90, no, 82% of all spread bets are on the Warriors right now. Mm, wow. So uh, again, uh, <laughs> not too long a drive to get to the Bay Area. So that's just me. Uh, but, you know, three and a half is definitely the number. If you're, if you're just looking at it from 
the betting perspective, you know, that's exactly how the public is swaying uh, this particular pool right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all over the Warriors for tonight. I told you I love fading teams coming off of game seven, but I don't want to spend too much time because we are running out of time as usual, and I do want to get to the NHL. So you have Celtics in six. I have Warriors in six. So let's just hope for a nice fought out series. I would like to see seven games. You know, we, it's always a treat when we get seven games, but I do think that these are going to be close games. I don't think that we're going to see too many blowouts and that's what the NBA finals should be. So let's hope for, let's hope for no blowouts, <laughs> but no blowouts. I do want to move on to the NHL uh, playoffs right now. And let's start in the Eastern conference finals. We just saw the Rangers just, totally destroyed the lightning last night. I mean, I was all over the lightning, not only their money line, I was over the lightning puck line to win by 1.5 and boy, was I wrong. So what are you seeing in this series? So, um, yeah, you know, it's obviously game one is, is over and it was a very lopsided affair. Uh, you know, Braden point was definitely not ready, uh, for, for the lightning. And he's, he's a key contributor on that team for, the 20, 25 minutes that he could put out, uh, you know, but at this point, when, when I looked at it, you know, it, it was a bit surprising, you know, to see, you know, the team take, you know, take over the way they did and how bad they looked in the first period. Uh, you know, they opened, you know, the game scoring, you know, about a minute into the game. It, it seemed like that goal woke the lightning up though. And they were a better team after that. They took over the game in the second round though. Uh, Shesterkin was just, just great. He really was. Um, and, and I know I, I talk an awful lot about goaltending and, and this is going to be the series that we we're going to see some really incredible Vasilevsky. I don't, I look, I don't think that he was figured out as, you know, some of my coworkers have said, Oh, they figured him out. They figured him out. They haven't figured him out. It, it, I just think that they just got absolutely just pelted and they didn't have a response, uh, you know, for, for, you know, scoring on the other end, you know, could they come up with three, four? Yeah. But they, they typically win these games, you know, three to two, four to three Tampa Bay does. So, you know, at, at this way, you know, right now with, with New York up one, nothing, I, I still find that there's, you know, they're the right team in this series in, in my eyes is still Tampa. And so, you know, from a betting perspective, Tampa was the favorite going into it to win the series and go on to the cup final. Now, uh, you, you can't get a better price than ever. You're, right. you're plus a nickel for them to win this series down one nothing. And after all, uh, you know, this was a road game for them. So, you know, Tampa wasn't really expected to win one of these first two games, albeit they were the favorite. So, right. you know, just, just look at Vasilevsky, and, and I, I have a feeling that if you look at how many times he's lost two hockey games in a row, you're going to be looking for a really, really long time, Allie. Yeah. No, and, and this is one thing because I used to play hockey growing up, and this is one sport where I actually think too much rest for the Lightning might have contributed to the rust factor between them. You know, the Rangers just went seven games with the Hurricanes. The Lightning disposed of the Panthers in four games. So I think they did come out a little rusty. You could see it. The Rangers were definitely hyped. I mean, you know, obviously me, me as a Devils fan, I don't like the Rangers but they have some diehard passionate fans and it really showed there last night when they played. So I'm all over Tampa Bay to back bounce back in game two. And I do agree with you. I think that if you think that 
the Rangers will win the series and not the Rangers. If you think that the lightning will win the series, jump on their series pricing right now. Cause you're not going to get a better price. I still think the lightning go win it. And I want to say, I'll go and say six games though. I think they could win the next four all together and win it in five. But what are you thinking? Yeah, right. Exactly. And I I'm offering a proposition on the exact result. So if you're looking to bet a team to win in the exact number of games, it's exactly correct. Lightning, you can get them to win in six games at plus 375. They win in seven, you get four to one on your money. And if you think that they go ahead and just sweep the next four games to go to the cup finals, you're getting as high as plus 750. So look for that. Uh, if you're looking for a, a wager that's uh, you know ultra specific in terms of whether they win at home or on the road. Uh, you know, Going into Friday's game, the number two, uh, the Lightning are going to be a $1.20 favorite. Totals five and a half, shaded to the under, minus 120. Uh, nothing's changed in terms of uh, goals being scored in this series. We knew that goaltending was going to be the, you know, really much the answers to everything. And, you know, it's still going to be the case as uh, this is the one series where uh, uh, the totals in a hockey game seem far more uh, customary uh, than out West, which we'll get to in just a moment, Allie. Yeah, let's get right to it in the Western Conference Finals because for me, the the first game, game one between the Oilers and the Avalanche was a better dream. I was all over the over seven goals and I got plus money on it. I, I mean, I were at my sports book that I bet with, they, it was at plus, I want to say 105, 110 before the game, before the puck dropped. And that over hit with, only a few minutes into the second period. And that's a better dream just to cash it in and then just watch the rest of the game. Enjoy. <laughs> so I'm all over the over once again tonight. What do you think, Robert? Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask if you had over seven goals for the oh, yeah. avalanche by themselves, uh, which exactly is what happened. I mean, with about four minutes remaining in the second period, avalanche took a seven to three lead. I just, it was just insane. They generated, 63% of their expected goals and 62% of their shot attempts. You know, uh, of course, the Oilers did come back and make it a game, getting actually within one. Yeah. Uh, seven minutes remaining in, in regulation. But Landeskog put it into the Oilers' empty net with 22 seconds left. And that was the end of that. Mike Smith, you're bad, sir. Okay, you are bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he does deserve a lot of credit for helping the Oilers get to the Western Conference Final. And I would imagine he would be better in game number two, but I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in him in terms of, you know, putting, you know, any kind of money down. Uh, Avalanche goaltending situation is kind of still up in the air. And I, I think that um, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure now that Pavel Frankus is going to be starting on Thursday after Kemper left game one with some sort of injury. I mean, look, Frankus isn't a bad goaltender. He's you know 31. He's been around the block. Uh you know, he's a solid NHL goaltender, but honestly, I, I think they're going to win in spite of him. <sighs> Allie, 78 shot attempts by Colorado. Ridiculous. Uh, I mean, then again, they gave up 72, which is also pretty wild. You know, they're kind of more used to somewhere between like 45 and 55 shot attempts, uh, you know, which is, you know, still below the league average. But um, man, that pace was was absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, and, you know, I'm all for watching a close-knit hockey game, final two to one, but that was just fun to watch. I mean, it was just – it was goal after goal after goal. 
And I was all over the over before too, because you saw Colorado in the, in the blues series, even though the blues didn't have their goalie. I mean, they were putting up goal after goal. And then the same thing when Edmonton played Calgary, I mean, it was just a guaranteed over almost every single night. And for me, this is one series where, you know, don't try to buck the trend, keep betting the over till the over fails. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's going to be the case right now. And uh, I, again, I've, I felt that the Avalanche were going to be Stanley Cup finalists uh, one way or another here. Uh, and my mind hasn't changed at all on that, you know, but if you're looking again from a betting perspective with Colorado up one, nothing in the series, they're already a minus 400 to win the series price. So can't bet that you're going to have to go ahead and just bet game by game. And so your best angle to pursue that is just to take a look at, you know, where you think you're going to find uh, the best value. So maybe it's going to be, you know, laying a puck and a half because of, of how quickly they're able to get out in front and have Edmonton try and trail along, now, taking nothing away from Edmonton. I think they're an incredible team too. I just think that now with the total being set to seven over 40 in some places, boy, oh boy, um, this is playoff hockey. What are we doing here with a seven total in a seven hockey over. game? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I would probably think you just look in, and find your angle. Perhaps you find something where you find an in-game opportunity to wager on. Uh, but, you know, I think that this is going to be a game where Colorado uh, is in, going end up being on top of this one again. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement. I think we're going to see a Colorado versus Tampa Bay Stanley Cup finals. And th that's a good matchup, I think. I think you're going to see, you know, two teams that – are going to buckle down and I don't think you're going to see as many overs as you're used to. So if we're looking right now, Robert, if we do have a potential avalanche versus lightning finals, what are you looking at odds wise Who, who's favored and what's the, what's the uh, odds? Uh, I would probably make this one as close as pick to human as humanly possible. Yeah. that's uh, awesome. I, And that's just the way I would look at it right now, because the, the future pool at this moment with the series being the way it is, uh, the Avalanche are minus 110 to win the cup, uh, you know, with, with the Lightning at plus 350, uh, same at New York, uh, and then the Oilers at nine to one. So, I don't know, maybe you can make a case for Avalanche minus 120, uh, but I, I think it's going to be a very, very close series, and I'd make it as close to pick them as I could. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, and I'm kicking myself because in our playoff pool, I originally had the Lightning going to the finals, I cowered and I chose the Hurricanes. Hurricanes look good in the first few games against the Rangers, but I'll give the Rangers credit for coming back and winning game seven in Carolina. But, I mean, as a Devils fan, I obviously don't want the Rangers going to the Stanley Cup finals. But either way, I think we're in for a good Stanley Cup. Always great to have playoff hockey. It's a great time of year between the NBA and the NHL. So, I don't want to take up too much of the listener's time because we are closing in. But before we do go, Robert, do you have any more advice for any anyone looking to bet either the NBA finals or the NHL conference finals? Yeah. Again, make sure that you have all the information that you can follow along on Twitter, because that seems to be, for me, at least uh, my best source of, of information on who's starting, who's not. Like, for example, right at the very top. It definitely looks like Gary Payton Jr. is going to be playing. So these are the, the, the bits of information that you could use uh, in, in making a, a really good uh, educated wager on uh, in the games coming up ahead. So, again, 
do your research. It's how you stay sharper. Love it. Yeah. And think over, at least for Colorado. <laughs> but that is all the time, unfortunately, we do have this week. We'll be, we will be back next week. And I can't wait to talk about the first few games in the NBA finals, see where they're at see how Robert's going to do make switching his pick to the Warriors. Cause he's going to see the Celtics are done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but hopefully we do have, we will have a lot to talk about um, with the first two games, at least in the NBA finals tonight. And then in Sunday night before they head back to Boston. So I'm really excited for them and I'm excited to watch the rest of the hockey playoffs. And we will talk more. We'll talk maybe more about MLB season, see how that's coming. I know it's kind of a lull just betting the MLB every day because it is totally a toss-up. But we do also have NFL training camp coming up, so we will have a few episodes where we talk futures. I do love looking at futures, especially which each team's over-under in their win total per year, so we will talk that. But otherwise, hope everyone has a great week, and thanks for joining. Take care.